You know, we've been talking about foundations. If you don't get here early, you've got to watch the opening video. It's from the Nicene Creed. Over a 1,000 years ago, in fact, over 1,500 years ago, Christian leaders got together and created this creed, and we're still declaring it because foundations are important. Foundations are what allow us to build a life that matters, to build a life that leaves something, that lives for something greater than ourselves and leaves something behind that's even greater. And so we've been talking about the foundations of the Trinity. We, we've talked about spiritual leadership, both in the church and in the world. We've talked about the death and resurrection, today the blood of Jesus. And uh, the death and resurrection, the Lord's Supper, the Trinity. So if you haven't listened or missed some of the messages, they're all available on the podcast on the website. And I'm honored to be able to talk to you today about another foundation, the second coming of Jesus. So you can begin to pray. How's he going to talk about that big topic in 20 minutes? So that's why it needs prayer. And I recommend that you get a copy, a digital copy. It's only available in a digital form. I wrote a book last year called Coming Soon. And it really is my personal journey of the significance of Jesus' promise to come again in my own life. And there's a lot of information and detail that we won't cover today that, that really helps us understand the times we're living in, and what Jesus has promised. You can find that on the resources section on the website, and I really encourage you to get a copy of that. Put it on your phone, put it on your tablet, and, and read through it. It's, it's not long, and uh, it's, it's actually interesting to read. I think you'd find that. You see, I begin that book by talking about the fact that in, when I was a teenager, when I was actually in Fusion Youth, it was a time in the church when there was a lot of talk about Jesus coming back. The, the nation of Israel had been attacked in the mid-1960s. Three ways all these nations came against them, and they ended up winning a war in six days, the Six-Day War. And it, they took back territory that had been promised to Abraham 4,000 years ago. And all of a sudden, the church, seeing the craziness in the world, there was threats of nuclear war. Sound familiar? There was a lot of uncertainty, and so the church was singing all these songs and, and writing all these books. It's coming soon. These are the last days. Jesus is about ready to come back. And I remember my mother got all fired up and was sending out books and letters to family and friends and saying, Jesus is coming soon. Get your heart right with him. She was a witness. And so I want us to look for a few minutes, how did that get started, this foundation that, that Jesus is going to come back? And it really starts in John 14, near the end of Jesus' ministry, He's having a conversation with his disciples, and all of a sudden, he, he just rocks their world when he tells them this, I, I go to prepare a place for you. So now he's telling them something he's been saying, I'm going to be uh, 
taken up in, by the rulers of Israel, and I'm going to be executed. I'm going to be crucified, and on the third day, I'm going to rise again. They, they didn't hear it. He told it many times. He prophesied his own death. But they heard this. I, I'm going away. I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and if I do that, and I am to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Now, the reason this rocked their world, these were practicing Jews. They'd been trained in the synagogues, and all the Old Testament prophecies talked about a Messiah coming. In detail, they said that the Messiah would be born in Micah. The prophet Micah said it'll be in Bethlehem. And all of these prophecies, they talked about a Messiah coming and rescuing God's people and setting up his kingdom. And so as they began to understand that Jesus was Messiah, that's what they were expecting. And all of a sudden, he's talking about leaving. And going somewhere else and preparing and then coming and getting them. They had never heard anything like that. And then what's really powerful, because now the conversation shifted. Well, what is this about? And in the last moments when Jesus left planet Earth, we celebrate Ascension Day. The day Jesus did leave as promised, Acts chapter 1 tells us what happens because they get a repeated message. And it says that he was taken up into a cloud while they're watching. Now, they're on the Mount of Olives. You can look right out and see the city of Jerusalem looking down. And he was there on the Mount of Olives when this happened. And they're looking at him. He goes into a cloud, and they could see him no longer. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven... The group got bigger by two. Two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. I think that's so funny. They were so busy looking up. Have you ever, ever been at a fireworks display or something? You're, you completely become unaware of what's going on around you. Even when two guys that weren't there all a moment ago in white robes show up. Because it doesn't say they went, oh, we're afraid. They, they were just there. But watch what they say. Men of Galilee. So he's, they're talking directly to the disciples. I happen to believe that there were men and women there, more than them, but he was definitely talking to the followers of Jesus. He said, they, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Kind of a challenge. Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way as you've seen him go. Now, this is what I love about the Scripture. It adds in other places to the revelation they got. See, that promise in John 14 was a true revelation, never spoken before that Jesus revealed to them, I'm going to go, I'm going to prepare, I'm coming back for you. Everything changed in that moment. And now that promise gets repeated. But we get added information. We get the information that it's going to happen the same physical way. Jesus went up from them into a cloud, 
and then disappeared and went back to heaven. Scripture says he began sitting down at the right hand of the Father in the throne room of heaven where Jesus now sits and prays for you and I personally on an ongoing basis. He's an intercessor in heaven for us. Hallelujah. So this was a moment. And and so he's going to come back the same way in the clouds, and it's going to be a real physical event. It's not some spiritual feeling of, well, Jesus is coming back in my life. And No, this is going to be a physical event. And so from that moment on, this became a foundation of belief and faith for the church. Jesus is alive. And if he's alive, I'm alive. And he's coming back just the way he left in a cloud. Hallelujah. And so the natural first question that they asked would be the same one we ask when we're told this. When? When's this going to happen? Because they lived in a world where their country was under a brutal dictatorship that took up the Son of God and executed him. There was no rule of law. It was a brutal control. And they looked around in their world that was troubled. They couldn't see a future. And so they naturally wanted to know, is this going to be soon? When? When are you going to come back and make things right? And here's why that's so important. Are we not asking the same question today? We were when I was a teenager. We were singing songs and Jesus was coming again and all of this. And here we are, well beyond those days when I was a teenager, and we're now talking about the danger of nuclear war. We've got leaders threatening to use weapons of mass destruction, and there is fear in our part of the world, especially right now, of what is going to happen next. Are we going to have a life, or is it going to be destroyed? What about my family and my children? And, and so there's this huge conversation once again. Are we living in the last moments? And if you go on the Internet, and if you look at the books that are available, the podcasts, There's all kinds of predictions. In my lifetime, I've heard uh, prophets declare, it will be on this day in September. Uh, I've done all the math, looked at all the prophecies. So far, no one's going to have been right. But that's happening again. You can go to conferences where we look at the events of what's going on and we try to assign when Jesus will return. And so the answer that he gave them, because they didn't ask just once, they're like us. When's this going to happen? He didn't give just one answer. But here's what he told them very plainly. Mark 13 tells us this. When they said, when is this going to happen? Well, he said, concerning that day, the day I return, or that hour, the hour that will be on that day, morning, noon, night, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, he's referring to himself, but only the Father. 
And so I'm going to give you three answers Jesus gave them that is still the answer for us. And here's the first one. When, Jesus? God knows. God alone. The Father is the only one that knows. He's put it in his personal calendar, and he has not shared it with anyone. But the Father knows. But this tells us another revelation. God has actually set a day and an hour when it will happen. And the church heard that, and they were excited, and they lived all out knowing that that was true. And so that wasn't enough, though. They're like us. They wanted to know more. They, they kept asking. And, and right before he went up in the clouds, just a few minutes earlier, they had another conversation. Now Jesus has already risen from the dead, as he said he would on the third day. And now he's taken them back out to the Mount of Olives and he's setting them up and saying, I'm, I'm going to go. And they ask again. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 says this. So they ask him, and you could put in, in parenthesis again, same question, when, when, Lord, will you at this time, right now, restore the kingdom to Israel? They knew he was the promised Messiah. And now we get the second answer to when from the Lord to them and to us. He said to them, he repeats what he'd already told them. Anybody, a teacher in this room, you've got to repeat things, don't you? Parents, repetition is our friend. He tells them again, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, what? But, so there's more. And we're getting answer number two. So we turn the, over to the next statement that he makes right there, and here's what he says. Look at it in the next verse. There it is, the next verse. But you will receive power. Whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. That's not an answer to when. Oh, yes, it is. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now he's prophesying Pentecost. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. They didn't even know where the ends of the earth were. And here is the second answer to when. You're going to receive power. You see... They were asking the wrong question. And I love the fact the Lord didn't say, you're going to receive comfort. You're going to receive a sense of safety. And I'm going to promise things will work out so that as you wait, maybe a little fearfully for me to come back and keep holding on, watch the news, uh, live a little afraid. It's going to turn out okay. No, 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 no. He says, I'm giving you power. That's the answer to when. I'm giving you power to fulfill the greatest assignment of human history, the greatest human development project. 
is my witness of coming to the earth, and you're going to go out to the nations of the earth, and you're going to tell them about my love. You're going to tell them my vision for humanity is a kingdom where there is no crying or death or mourning or pain, and the old order of things passes away, and you are my sons and daughters, kings and priests to serve our God on the earth, and that is your destiny. And you're going to have the power to live like that. And that's why he declared to them in, Ma in uh, Matthew 10, 8, he says, you're empowered by me to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse those that are cancer, have cancer or leprosy, and to cast out demons. Church, that's the assignment. So we're not to spend one little moment discussing or arguing about when it should be, but asking the Lord daily, Lord, how do I live in my generation? What do you want me to do to build your church so that the world knows and experiences your glory the way we have here in this hour together? You can feel the Lord's presence as we've lifted him up. It's a taste of what's to come. You say, but wait a minute, Steve. There's always one, wait a minute. If it's when isn't answered, that's no answer. You're right. That's why there's a third answer that he gave them and us. Because you could say, well, wait a minute. It's been 2,000 years since he had this conversation. And that's true. In fact, the Apostle Peter said, there's going to be skeptics that say, yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen. All the stuff he promised, where is it happening? 2,000 years. And that takes us to the last words that the Lord spoke to the church. And he says them four times. And when the scripture repeats anything more than once, it means it's important. So we're about finished here. So listen carefully as we, as we conclude. Here's what he said to the church, and it's the third answer to when. He tells them in Revelation 3, these are words spoken to us, the church. I am coming soon. There's the third when soon. Hold on to what you have so no one will take away your crown. And then later on in the very last chapter of Scripture, three times, look I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of the prophecy written in this book. Look, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me. Hallelujah. Yes, the very last words of Scripture. I am coming soon. The Apostle John writes there, yes, Lord, come soon. You say, yeah, but it's been 2,000 years. Yes, but that word, takas in the Greek, tells us it's like a tachometer. That's where we get that word. It's not about just it's going to happen right away. It's telling us it will be sudden, and it can be at any moment. See, that was God's plan, that we would live in every generation looking up and prepared as though today could be the day. And so our focus, church, each of you here, is let's get ourselves right with God. Are you ready to face him today? Are you ready to lay what you've done for him in front of his feet? Or do you know that you're not ready? 
because he's calling us to live alert and ready as though today could be the day. Now's the time to serve, to witness, to give, and to build this house, to build the church wherever we're living. And the scripture promises that, that those who are alert and ready will see his face. Hallelujah. And you know, the other thing is, the scripture says that to God, a thousand years is one day. And one day, like a thousand years. And so on God's calendar, where he's got it circled when Jesus is coming back, on his calendar, it says Jesus has been gone two days. That's the weekend. He is coming back. And I love to encourage you today. Let's focus not on when the king is coming and instead focus on worshiping and living for the king like never before in our generation. Let's make his soon coming the inspiring hope that's a foundation in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Yes. Let's give the Lord an applause of praise. We thank you, Lord. This is true. This is your words, not ours. But let's just bow our heads, take a moment of reflection. Maybe I'm talking to some of you here that really need to ask the Lord to give you a fresh start, to, to allow you to be the person you need to be now, to begin living as though today's the day. And so right where you are, just tell him that. He understands. He knows. You're a Christian, but you're not ready to meet him face to face. Just take this moment and say, Lord, I'm, I'm coming back. I want to I wanna make sure that I'm ready on that day, whenever it is. And perhaps I'm talking to some of you across the auditorium that have never said yes to Jesus. You've never said, Lord, come into my life. I love the fact that God's arms are open all the time. He's so good. And I want to invite you. We're going to put a prayer on screen. We pray this most Sundays here. This could be your moment of saying yes to Jesus and getting ready for that return for your own life. Maybe you've never done that before. And if that's you, speak these words from your heart. Are we ready to pray? Let's do that. Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen and amen.